Advent, more than any other season in the church year, is about God's promises. And therefore, it's a season that invites us to hope in those promises of God. These promises have already been fulfilled in Christ. It's been said that Jesus is the only one who ever lived whose entire life was predicted ahead of time. A great exercise in Advent is to read each day's first reading and gospel in tandem and, and look for the connection. Because what the church does throughout this season is she chooses a gospel moment from the life of our Lord that fulfills something that had been foretold in the Old Testament. And so if you look for this throughout the season of Advent, you begin to see how seemingly every detail of the life of Christ was foretold by the prophets. But there's another layer to the promises of God in the Old Testament as well. The promises have all been fulfilled already in Christ, but they've not yet been brought to perfection in us and in his church. Christ has come. He saved the world from sin and death by his paschal mystery, his death and resurrection. But that gift of salvation that our Lord won for us on the cross, that has to be applied, if you will, to each one of us personally. It has to bear fruit in my life and yours for our salvation and for our growth in holiness. And so the promises of God that have already been fulfilled in the person of Christ are also promises about what can happen in our souls if we give ourselves over to Christ. And so Advent is not just about looking back at those promises and how they were fulfilled in Jesus, but it's also about pressing forward by God's grace to their fulfillment in our own lives as well. The primary place where we find the promises of God is in our readings from the prophets. Our first reading today from the prophet Isaiah, for example, features the word shall 20 times. It's all about all kinds of things that are going to happen in the future. But another place we find God's promises in the Old Testament is in the Psalms. And if you look at today's psalm, there are a few extra shalls added in for good measure. The psalms were those prayers of the Jewish people that became the prayers of the Son of God himself when he dwelt on earth in the flesh. And now into our own day, the church continues to pray the psalms, which are full of so many promises of God. Tonight we sang, Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. That was the promise God gave us in our psalm. Justice shall flourish in his time, and fullness of peace forever. What do you think of when you hear the word justice? What does it mean for justice to flourish in our time? I think our tendency is probably to think of justice as something out there in the world, a well-ordered world in which every person receives his due, right? What I, what I deserve is given to me, injustice. 
And that is what the church means when we speak about social justice, which very much is part of the church's moral teaching. But that kind of justice, the social justice that we strive to build up in the world out there, is founded on a more fundamental justice, which is justice in the human heart. Justice in the sense that everything is in order within me. And if I want to see everything in order out there in the world, it has to begin with this ordering of my own heart. And that, it seems to me, is the justice that's promised above all by the psalm today. And again, we can see that this has already been fulfilled in one way. In the person of Christ, and also, by the way, in our Blessed Mother, whose immaculate heart was perfectly ordered. We'll celebrate her this week in the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. But the heart of Christ was a human heart that was perfectly just. Everything was in order in our Lord's heart. His inner thoughts, his inner desires, they were pure and holy and good, without exception. Justice flourished in his time because it flourished in his heart, and therefore, he also knew the fullness of peace. Because you see, what peace is, is the fruit of good order. When everything is ordered right, there's peace. And so the heart of Christ is this deep abyss of peace. It's no surprise that when he rose from the dead, his first words to the apostles were, peace be with you. Because he wants to share that peace that is present in fullness in his heart with every one of us. And that brings us to our Advent hope. Because those promises of God that were fulfilled in Christ are promises that he wants to fulfill in each of us as well. How different our hearts are from the sacred heart of Jesus. Everything is not in order in our hearts, if we're honest. We come into this world wounded by original sin, and our whole life really is this battle with its effects. We have, yes, good, pure, holy desires and thoughts in our hearts, thanks be to God. But we also find our hearts drawn to sin. That's the struggle. And we lack peace within because justice doesn't yet flourish in our hearts. Enter God's promise. It can if we open our hearts to him. By God's grace, justice can come to flourish in your heart and mine. Our hearts can be set right, put in order. Our hearts can become, if you will, the straight paths that Isaiah spoke about in that prophecy we heard in the gospel. So that Christ can come into our hearts in his fullness. That's a gradual process of growth. It happens little by little through our endurance and our perseverance in seeking the Lord. 
It happens above all through our encounters with him in the sacraments, especially by receiving the sacraments of confession and holy communion regularly again and again to allow the grace of God to set in order what is disordered within us. It happens also through our daily prayer, giving God that space within our lives to work in our hearts, to purify our hearts. And there's one other very important aspect of this that we often overlook and neglect, which is a call to do penance, to deny ourselves, to foster that habit of saying no to ourselves so that when those unholy, evil, sinful desires arise in our hearts, we're ready to say no to them. Advent is a penitential season. Oddly, while the world is already celebrating the holiday season, invites us to just indulge in all the good things around us, the church invites us to do penance. That's why St. John the Baptist is placed before us. He's a model of this. Camel's hair was not comfortable, and locusts was not exactly the most pleasing to the palate, I'm sure. St. John the Baptist, he lived a penitential life. He spoke about the axe lying at the root of the trees and the chaff that was to be burned. See, that's penance. That's the call to take an axe, if you will, to the roots of our sin, to throw into the the purifying fire of God, the chaff of our sinful attachments through these just little daily acts of self-denial. We don't have to start eating locusts or wearing camel's hair necessarily, but what are little ways each day that I can just say no to myself as an act of, of penance, as an expression of my desire to have justice flourish in my heart? It's possible for justice to flourish in our day and for us to know the fullness of peace. But it's possible only by the grace of God, not merely by our own efforts. So let's renew this evening our trust in God's promises. Let's open our hearts wide to him and to his grace. And let's seek the fulfillment of God's promises through regularly seeking him in prayer and embracing his call to penance. Justice, then, will flourish in our time and the fullness of peace forever. St. Patrick, pray for us.